Come on and join me on the B-side When movie stars that weren't in their prime Made all the movies that got left behind That got them covered on the B-side You're gonna like it on the B-side Cause you got Dan and Connor by your side Throwing your knowledge from the inside And now you're listening to the B-side Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the B-Side Podcast for the Film Stage website. Here, as you know, dear listeners, we talk about movie stars, not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones that they made in between. And today's exciting. So this is a listener's choice today, Yep. which we've been excited to get to. Connor, how are you? I'm okay. I'm a little under the weather, but as we know, you know, when you have a fever, the only cure is Michelle Yeoh. So, well, thank you. Yeah, so Michelle Yeoh, uh one of our listener choice picks. We've been um excited to get to her. Um and we have an eclectic mix of B-sides. And we so we brought in the big guns to help us because Lord knows Connor and I cannot do it alone. So we have our lovely guest uh Jeff Jang with us who if you know him and know strangeharbors.com, which is his website, he is um, an amazing writer, uh, critic, editor, writer, man about town, what have you. Jeff, how are you? Good, sir. Great. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to talk about uh, Michelle Yeoh with you guys. Um, pressure's on, calling me the big guns. I, I, I wish mean, you didn't do that. It was so, <laughs> just full disclosure. A, yeah, go ahead. Our dear friend Mitchell Beaupre had kind of shouted you out because uh, yes, I, yes, I was DMing with them about like, they were saying how excited they were for the Michelle Yeoh episode. And I was like, who do you think would like be a good guest? We're trying to find yeah. like, a good one. And, uh, and they, they spot checked you. And so I was like, all right, that's, that's <laughs> what we'll do. So I, I am, I am by no means an super expert on uh, Michelle Yeoh, but I well, like I was, her a lot. And I got to say, I, fan, so I was, so. yeah, I was, so our four movies, um, just to get that in the open, um, are, we're going to do our four main movies and we'll take some detours as, as we're wont to do. Are going to be the stunt woman, far north, the lady, and final recipe. So from that, you can kind of gather. Obviously, Michelle Yeoh is known for her action, of course, right? That would I would imagine be that would be the first thing you would think of. But of course, like anybody who has the first thing you think of about them, any movie star, it's reductive just inherently because you know, these are talented artists, right? And so, so I think the nice thing about these four movies is it certainly showcases far more than the action, but I do like that we're going to start with the stunt woman, which I think in a lot of ways is like, there is action. It's reflect, it's very reflectant of her own like career. I think there's a lot of inflection points in the movie itself that we can talk about. Um, but before we do that, Jeff, I guess, tell us with, with um, our, our subject today, I guess, when was the first time you you know, liked Michelle Yeoh movie, saw her, a performance of hers and it spoke to you, anything like that, anything that stands out in your memory. So my first exposure to Michelle Yeoh is uh, I would spend my summers as a kid at my uncle's house in Shanghai. Uh, My parents would take us like every year. And I remember he would have this giant stash of bootleg DVDs. Nice. And almost all of them were rips of like old Chinese soaps and like I was born here so my Chinese isn't very good so they're not really 
they didn't really interest me that much um except for like four of them which i would end up watching over and over and over again every time i would go to his house like on repeat every day and this is so funny because it's the mask starring jim carrey john Woo's hard target with jean-claude nice. van damme nice and then two movies with michelle Yeoh. so it was yuan Wuping's tai chi master um, okay which stars jet Li and wang jing's holy weapon um, which is a very horny and very controversial movie that was completely inappropriate for me. I was like eight or nine at the time, um, which features like a group of these women martial artists forming a a human Voltron to fight like sorcerers and stuff. It's uh. a wild movie. Okay. So like, I'm look- I would watch like I'm those four right movies. Now. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mine is my mine is so so less interesting than that so <laughs> sorry no jeff feel, feel free to keep going yeah keep going you know keep going because mine going. is literally going to be i really like tomorrow never dies <laughs> <laughs> you know that's like the most um, you know from poughkeepsie new york <laughs> saw the the new pierce brosnan bond movie and was like that but the bond girl was so cool in that movie she was like like <laughs> but 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 actually in all seriousness i think you know and obviously tomorrow never dies is certainly an a-side I will say one of the things about that movie and just being my entry point and what is and people still talk about it. And it's so true. And Michelle, Michelle Yeoh talks about it. She really is. It's, it's a huge, like she's great in that movie and it's, she's playing, you know, a female James Bond in the movie. Right. And I think yeah. that's so, I mean, how many other Bond girls did well, that? She, she basically like reinvented the Bond girl. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, had like, there even been anything, had there been a Bond girl like her I, before? I want to say, I mean, I don't know if you count. I was thinking about this, like, and I'm sure our-, our Like, Pussy Galore is like an agent, right? Right. But, that, well, she's, but it's not really- She's got like a know. little bit of toughness to her and all that too. Like, I think- like, yeah. um She's certainly not the first Bond girl who has also been like another secret agent. But I, for my money, she certainly is the first one that like- seemingly also does the things james bond does right like there right, is like a, there is a whole fight scene in tomorrow never dies that is that was choreographed by her and dedicated like you know and like dedicated to her character right which like yeah to my knowledge and like and like her really and even happened. i remember as a kid the scene of her on the motorcycle with him on the back well sh- it's yeah it's kind of both but yeah, well, yeah, that's but, the point. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 I know. Yeah. But but ultimately, she is the one in front, right? And then and then they they dodge the helicopter. They like switch. It's like a whole. It's like a whole my thing point because is, both of them want to the, drive the bike. Is the thing. Yeah, but, my, yeah. My my point, I guess, is that her her even if it's half the time, you know, driving was like, oh, I always thought of that scene, you know, as a kid. You know, it, right. it stuck with me. Is is right. the point? And so I think. Um, yeah, I mean that's my boring, you know, entry point with with and her. I, I'll say like people recently with you know not to whatever dive too deep into the bond or whatever, but recently with Tomorrow Never Dies or not to, uh, with uh, Die Another Day having its twentieth anniversary, people were talking a lot on Twitter recently about like Halle Berry and all that, and it's or like, the Jinx and, and like you know whatever you could feel however you want about that character, but like you don't get that character without. Michelle Yeoh and tomorrow oh, right, dies. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, like you don't you don't get to Halle Jinx Berry. is like a direct right. They they don't, so they're gonna make to, us, go ahead, Jeff. To, uh, tomorrow never dies is very interesting to me because, like you said, it broke new ground for the Bond girl. 
Um, you have a hyper competent secret agent who can hold her own against James Bond. Um, but it's also a very chaste right. Bond girl relationship. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you can. So like, like that's the thing that I'm not sure end, how I yeah. feel about. Totally. Yeah, right? Like the first Asian Bond girl, and like they only share a kiss. And I know, like you know, if you want to be progressive about it, like um, maybe that's a that's like a good thing. But also, like you know, the first Asian Bond girl, and like it's only a kiss you know like what maybe it was like at the time it was something about like the interracial aspect oh, of I'm it sure. and like oh i'm sure people were stepping on eggshells with that yeah those must I have can, been conversations i, I would bet yeah. i would bet a hundred dollars there was more than one meeting within mgm about like hey so uh you know uh let's not go crazy here you know in a, in a very <laughs> reductive way yeah no i'm sure for sure for sure i do think it's interesting i mean just to, to transition, I guess, to her larger career, though, I think what's interesting about her, right? So, so, and we can kind of go through this quickly. So, and and obviously, feel free to correct me because this is a very high level. But um, born in Malaysia, um, is currently sixty, right? Born in sixty two, yeah. right? I think she's just sixty, which is, yep. incur- I mean, my God, um, if we could all look at sixty, <laughs> the way yeah. Michelle Yeoh look, uh, looks. Anyway, um, she. Got her start early on. She was a dancer. She got hurt. It wasn't going to work out. You know, not unlike Charlize Theron, similar kind of story, actually, which is interesting. And um, she kind of falls in with, um, I think, out, out, out of univers- at a university, right? Because she kind of falls into the acting off the dancing, right? And then falls in with D&B films, right? Mm-hmm. And I think starts doing stunts and bit roles and movies in the early 80s mid 80s right gets a leading role in what's the first movie connor we just mentioned it before yes uh, madam just, is yes like madam her, i think yeah. is her first bigger role yeah. right and then yeah with uh with cynthia rothrock yeah. yes correct. exactly and then and then basically jeff what um, do you think about yes madam oh i love it <laughs> yeah. yeah i i watched um, i watched it for the first time there was kind of not enough like madaming you know like like it weirdly <laughs> it kind of diverts away from the two of them for like large chunks of the movie and i kind of was like can we can we get back to like michelle yo and cynthia rothrock like kicking ass um but i did like i'm it. i'm due for a rewatch yeah. i haven't seen it in a while so <laughs> that i mean the thing with the with the her wrapping her legs around the banister and the broken glass and grabbing the guys off the that stunt is like the one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a movie. But anyway, yeah. so, sorry, Dan, continue. No, so yeah, well, basically around this time she's dating and then ultimately marries Dixon Poon, who is one of the guys who created DNB. Right, so by the end of the eighties, she's starring in the movies, movies like Magnificent Warriors, which we'll talk about briefly, and 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 the like. But then, by her own, uh, you, one one of the things I'll reference is the uh, awards chatter podcast recently that she did. Um, she was talking about it, and I think she was you know you know starting a family and whatnot. She wanted to retire and kind of focus on that, so she retires for like half a decade, right? Yeah. And ultimately, that marriage does not work out. They divorce, and her first movie back is. Supercop, Police Story 3, which I just love because to this day, her most iconic role, one of her most iconic yeah, pro- roles, I mean, which I think probably top just, five if you had to like rattle them off or whatever, I would say. You know, and Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, yeah. And she talks about in this in this podcast, the awards chatter and obviously elsewhere where she's like, 
she kind of thought she was done and she had, you know, people in her life be like, no, no, no. Like your fans are waiting for you to make another movie. Right. And it's great that she reconnected with Jackie Chan, who she had met earlier on in her career. They make this movie. It's obviously a big hit that then a couple years later becomes a crossover hit. Right. And that, you know, while, while the Jackie Chan thing is happening in the States, right. That has this like a whole other second life, right. Across the pond, as it were. And in the meantime, she's in these other films. And then her big American crossover film is this huge movie five years later, which is a bond movie. So I just think like those two acceleration points are so crazy to me where it's like, you know, she has this good career. She chooses to retire, comes back. And then like within five years, she's, really huge right all over the world and then three years after that she's in the biggest crossover wuxia hit ever right the, you know like just the crouching tiger Pro- a movie I, that's probably most people's like first experience with like subtitles well, West, yeah like yeah, that, that's I what mean, i'm saying like mm-hmm. western audiences like first experience with subtitles in a movie and and all that stuff um yeah and in that run too i mean even just to spot check it like you have the two movies that you mentioned jeff that that had such a such an influence on you uh holy weapon <laughs> and tai chi master those sandwich uh super cop 2 which i don't know if you'd call it a b-side because obviously it's a sequel to super cop but um it's not easy to find i found it on youtube i watched it and i will say i kind of it's not better than super cop but i kind of prefer it because it is all about the michelle yo character um, so oh, that's it, interesting. So I don't it, think I've watched that. It, you can find it on YouTube. I mean, it's it's you know it's as entertaining as any of these movies ever are. Um, yeah, it's a it's a police story spinoff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, right. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's just kind of I don't know. It's a, it's a good watch. I would I would just wanted to spot check it for anybody who might not have seen it because um, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of play when people talk about things like Super Cop and stuff like that. Um, but Super Cop too, pretty fun. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and we can, I mean, this is a good, it's a good moment to jump into our first movie, but yeah, I mean, right. We mentioned Holy Weapon. We have Wing Chung is a big moment. Obviously a movie I wanted to watch was the Soong sisters, which you can't really find. Um, but I, I, that was the same year, uh, roughly the same year as tomorrow never dies. Um, but so yeah, um, the movie is, as we said, the stunt woman and, there's a lot to say about this movie. I mean, so it's kind of got an all-star cast in some respects. I guess just to start, what what I mean, I'll pa- Connor, I'll pass it to you. Sure. Had you seen this movie before this? No, uh, no. So what was I, your, yeah, I, I, I had heard of it. Like I had heard of it, and then when Michelle Yeoh won our audience choice uh, poll. Um, I immediately kind of went through her filmography to be like, yeah, what would we do? Right. Like what, you know, and I started scrolling through stuff and I, this caught my eye again. And so I, I like had read a little bit more about it and I was like, oh no, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do this one. Cause it just feels kind of for all the reasons you said before, like it just feels like, um, and it's not our, I was saying this to Jeff off mic before we started recording. It's arguably, if you know, Michelle Yeoh's career already, it's arguably not a B side. I would say if you're someone who maybe is just more familiar with her post tomorrow never dies, more familiar with any of her more recent work and not much else, it might feel like more of a what do you what do you think, Jeff? Is this a B side or no? Stun woman. Uh 
I I would agree with Connor that like if you are not if you are more uh well versed in like her western work then this would probably be considered a b-side um have you have you guys seen this before prepping for this podcast no this, the, that's, both of that's you? kind of what i'm saying no, i like, I like first, saw first, it yeah. and, I, and i and i pulled it up but i in watching it and then okay. reading about it i did know i was gonna say i i always had known, or not always but i for some time had known about the injury right, right. so she mm-hmm. suffered a pretty famous injury. That's in, it's this, in the movie. <laughs> well, somewhat yeah. ironically, I suppose, yeah. she suffered a pretty famous injury doing the movie. And the movie ends with the outtake you know, of that. The outtake yeah, is of, the of you know, mm-hmm. is, is yeah. the action or is the accident. And um so I knew that. Um do you Connor, do you want to do the quick like yeah, yeah. Second so basically plot of this? It's um it's from 1996 we should mention it's directed by uh ann hui who great director very storied career so to dan's point it's kind of is it, it kind of is this interesting like oh what a weird cool amalgam of of talent here um and it stars well, Michelle, yeah, like sam o'hung is Sa- in it, right sam like o'hung, the who, living legend you know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah, like, uh-huh. yeah who you know you you would know from like the lucky stars movies uh among other things but anyway she plays michelle yo plays a stunt woman named akam and she comes into sort of uh, Sam Hung, who plays Master Tung. He, he has like this, you know, his his whatever his crew right, of stunt. Chief, right? Yeah, his, yeah. He's, he's like the leader of this crew of stunt people. And so she kind of falls into that crew because she's subbing in for a friend, and immediately kind of is very just like all about it, right? Like in terms of like going the extra mile, doing all the stuff to very quickly prove that she can like do everything and more that she needs to do right like this is 1996 or maybe even earlier like as you said um and just to see um michelle yo who's already had like this storied career of like martial artist and all that and come into the stunt woman and play someone who's so green and like uh learning the ropes of this trade and playing that like naivete so well is really really impressive and i think what you guys did with curating these B-sides um, to prove a point is like, I think Michelle Yeoh doesn't always p- pick the best projects, but she's consistently like the best thing in, in those the, projects. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. We'll, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get back to that. Yeah. We'll get sure. yeah, that's, that. yeah. That's well, but, that's well said though. That's no, 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 well it's, said. it's a great point. Yeah. And like this movie, even, you know, I, I would say this movie isn't, you know, it's not like amazing. It certainly has flaws, but I do think it's kind of like a flaw, like a, a flawed, but very interesting movie. Like, well, yeah, because basically, right. Just to wrap up. the So basically she gets in with this group. It, things get more complicated. Right. There's kind of outside forces, you know, whatever mob like, you know, gang like, you know, forces influencing the different productions, what have you, the different groups. And then. She basically steals away from the life, um, you, you know, from a supposed Prince Charming and kind of things go downhill from there, basically. Right. Without having to spoil it and, and whatnot. I think the third act <laughs> of this movie is kind of like its own <laughs> wild decision. Like I was kind of like, OK, OK, you know, okay. You know well, kind of what, what the but, without spoiling it, what the movie kind of does, or at least this is what I took the intention to be. Right. Which is like. What if in a meta way this movie devolved into just being 
one of the movies that that sure. she that she would be making. Right. She, you, I could hear that. Yeah. Or, yeah I don't. And sure. this is why I say it's like flawed but interesting because like there are you know sequences that pop up that just feel like they could be from Yes, Madam or any of the other movies we recently just mentioned. Like just as they are like the way that they're shot because they're very stylized and they don't feel like they're of a piece with like the rest of the movie where when they're making the actual well, like yeah. sequences everything feels a little dirtier it feels a little um doc more documentary and she, well, she also she yeah. directed boat people right i i couldn't tell you but i was gonna say though if you want to look that up yeah, Connor, yeah, what i was seconds. gonna say was yes i think and even by yo's own admission um I think the intention, Jeff, to your point uh, earlier, was always for this movie to be more of an homage to kind of all the stunt people who obviously Michelle Yeoh worked directly with and, you know, had a lot of respect for. And then I think kind of the action set pieces that are peppered throughout are kind of an additional thing right so i think she did direct boat people by the way okay and so it it, but the reason i bring it up is because like some of that filmmaking feels present here in the more Mm. nitty-gritty hands-on like making the action scenes and behind the scenes moments within the movie um but then they turn into those more stylized action sequences that at least for me kind of i got i was i wasn't like prepared for that because i was expecting this i think to be like a little bit more of like a straight like char- drama character study drama so i was like oh okay like this is what's happening but um, yeah so i have a very soft spot for the stunt woman um like it's a very flawed movie like obviously um but what's fascinating about it is that it's big like production disaster michelle Yeoh's injury is now a part of like the fabric of this movie's meta text right like it's a movie that in some parts is about the working conditions of stunt people and like how dangerous it is and the movie itself is completely hobbled by like its own actress's onset injury right and like yeah um without going into spoilers this movie goes flying off the rails in the third act it's like yeah yeah (laughs) crazy rushed it's i i don't even know how to explain it it's crazy um and that's partly because of like that injury and like they had to completely rewrite the script and um reconfigure this whole movie in like the third act and it shows and i think that's part of like the the meta text of this movie and i think that's fascinating well and they even call it out in a card at the end of the movie right when they show the the outtake of the injury show the injury yeah yeah. and they kind of are like hey doing this is dangerous and hard and we got a lot of respect for everybody who (laughs) does it kind of thing and it is this almost like kind of not band-aid i guess but and it's like this weird postscript explanation like it's like hey this all felt weird right here's why <laughs> almost um yeah <laughs> it, i guess it is like that's funny i didn't really yeah of course like yeah. i said it's flawed but i do i would recommend it i think oh, totally. especially yeah. if you're a fan of her and like it's I, I think it's it's also you know it's not long so it's also a, not just i mean quickly before so the other thing that's just interesting about the movie uh jeff to further your point metatextually is like it's also about a right. It's a woman who falls into the business and then is swept away by this higher up guy, and then it doesn't work right. So it's in a lot. There, there's this weird autobiographical thing yeah. happening in the movie. Also, right, it's right, like right. Of course, only three, four years before this movie, she returned to movies right. after retiring. Right. So it's like 
there's a weird, you know, it'd be like if Jane Fonda made a movie in 1995 about how she, she you know, her character married a conservative leaning, you know, <laughs> egomaniacal <laughs> business executive. And then there he couldn't stop cheating on her. So they got a divorce. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, that it's a similar, you know, she, she did yeah. not make that movie. I would have loved to, I would have happily watched that, but, but it's like Michelle Yeoh basically makes a, you know, that's in this movie too, which I think is so interesting. Yeah, mirroring her yeah. own life. Yeah. A lot sure. of mirrors, you know, and then like you said, the injury itself mirroring the film it's in is, is a whole other thing. You and know? you mentioned her being able to, so eat like she so confidently plays the naivete, which sounds like an oxymoron a little bit, but, um, it 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 strikes me as something like it just feels like a movie someone would make. You know, I know like her big sort of uh, victory lap now is obviously everything, everywhere, all at once. But a movie like The Stunt Woman just topically feels like a later career movie someone would make. You know, someone like her would make almost. Yeah, you know for I mean? sure. Like, like just say like, hey, no, this was my life, and like this is what it was like. Um, but I think for that reason. If you are, I think like a lot of people have this past year with the success of that movie, um, if you are just diving into her for the first time, um, it's for sure like a must watch. I think you can rent it. It's on it's on uh, Prime Video. So yeah, it's accessible. Yeah. It's it's around. Um, that's kind of about all that. it And it's kind of a I mean, unfortunately, kind of a, a crummy transfer. But Recommended. I um, rentable. Worth watching. I mentioned the Sung Sisters. Um, not really. Not easy to find, which uh, I had mentioned. I, I kind of, I really was interested in watching only because you have um, Maggie Chung, Michelle Yeoh, and Vivian Wu as the sisters, which I just, to me, was so interesting because you have like, you know, I mean, these are great actresses, right? Vivian Wu had just made Joy Luck Club, right? Maggie Chung is kind of in the middle of her moment, right? Before she retired a few years later. Michelle Yeoh is still kind of fresh in her comeback. So if anyone has a copy or whatever, send it know. to send it to Dan <laughs> because I would love to watch my library. Didn't have it. I looked everywhere. Anyway, tomorrow never dies. We mentioned, and then, um, crouching tiger, huge moment. Uh, as we obviously mentioned, um, I'd encourage, I mean, look, crouching tiger. She watch is, that. That she is, is you know, so I, re of, I rewatched it and it, for the first time in, I don't know, years, yeah, it is such an incredible performance. I think that's that one of those movie. movies too. Like her, her in the movie and the movie itself. I think that that movie's on such a high echelon. I think it runs into the problem of like I think I can feel myself sometimes being like, "Oh yeah, I mean yeah, we all love Crouching Tiger." And then it's when you watch it, no, you're like, oh, it, no, 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 that, actually, that's exactly my yeah, point. Yeah. That's exactly it's my great. point. You kind of forget. Yeah. You forget, and then I, you watch. It's like a perfect film in and of itself like it's it's hands down my favorite michelle yo performance oh um, she's so wonderful in it. Well, yeah. what, she's so good in it because what it hammers home which is i think something that for me i mean mine's memoirs of a geisha no, I'm just <laughs> for, for me, what, <laughs> what what kind of it's it, crouching tiger is the epitome of everything she does well best as a performer right like which is to say she's an extremely stoic actor Right. Which I think, you know, you could consider that maybe a byproduct of her coming up through stunt work, potentially. Um, but she's she's often like an extremely stoic actor. And that movie in general, obviously, just obviously with the the repressed feelings and all that, like it just plays so much into that. And it 
it I think where most people in a performance like that could maybe read cold or or detached or something like that there's still such a warmth to her performance in that movie even though she is very reserved that like any little mention of like Lee Mu Bai like Chow Yun Fat like say, like oh yeah he was talking about you and you just see her eyes kind of like glimmer like they're just like little things that she does yeah. um and yet still it's a subtle performance it's, it's amazingly subtle and yet then you have the moments where like she's finally had enough with Zhang Ziyi and they decide to throw down and you're like oh shit like oh no and then like she just lets it all out and I think like all of uh, so many of her best performances are the ones that you know that showcase all of her strengths um but yeah. anyway I mean Listen, I love like everything everywhere all at once. And I think it's a great showcase of her versatility as an actress. You know, in that movie, she gets to play vulnerable. There's comedy and slapstick and she gets her badass martial arts moments. But like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is kind of like the proto version of that. Right. Like I think her performance there, it's this it's laced with this like tragic, unrequited romance. And I think that's like a harder tightrope to walk. Yeah. Than everything everywhere all at once. That degree of difficulty is just higher. I think. It's so much more um, it's it's and I guess they are different in the way that you said, Jeff, and that like, yeah, everything everywhere obviously allows her to just literally just the avenues to try things. Right. So that's a little yeah, different. Yeah. But this is so it's such a controlled and honed in performance. It's like, yeah, uh, it's so my good. thing with everything everywhere, uh, which I like fine is I think too often it feels like not not just for her, but for a lot of the performers. I think too often it feels like only a showcase, like f- like for those moments, and I feel like the the whole thing mm-hmm. as its own narrative, I, I do struggle with as a whole, right? So it's like, I, I, for me, it's you know the parts uh, apart are worth more maybe than the sum in some respects. Sure. Whereas mm. with Crouching Tiger, I just feel like you're getting this like beautiful love story right it's like it all really congeals in this really perfect way and every part of it you know the yo-yo ma you know score you know all of the performances we've mentioned some of the other actors obviously and you know just ang lee's just incredible direction i think it all not to mention just all of this with some of the best action filmmaking right i just like some of the best choreographed kind of set pieces that it literally feels kind of magical and tense at the same time i just it's so hard to encapsulate kind of what that movie is and means and and all that so um but but yeah so that's a huge moment for for everybody involved obviously and then you know memoirs of vacation comes out of course which is kind of you know i it is you know, the Rob Marshall movie based on the Arthur Golden book. Yeah, a flawed movie. I mean, what are you going to say? It's like you got a lot of Chinese actors, a Japanese story. It's a nightmare. I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's just, it's not a, not a great moment for anybody involved. But I think she is good in the movie. I think it is one of the most beautiful movies ever made. I mean, that's what the weird thing about that movie is like the John Williams score and the cinematography is like are like beyond stunning so i think it's this weird thing of like it is worth watching only because of you know i think to our earlier point michelle yo certainly is one of the best parts of the movie and i think um you know uh it's worth 
you know, formally, I think it would be worth watching, but unfortunately, kind of a misfire, certainly, in, in many certainly respects. Certainly not like a cultural touchstone. We'll say that. No, no. <laughs> um, she, I did forget, because we talked about this when we did Jet Li. She's in the director's cut of Fearless, which is yes. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is an underrated mm-hmm. uh, movie, uh, which I'll just say that. She has a small role, kind of reuniting with Jet Li. Sunshine, one of my kind of personal favorite and movies. And Jeff, you had, you had asked to kind of speak on oh, Sunshine right, right. Yeah, we a little bit, this. which... Well, we always let anybody do on this podcast because we love it so much. So, uh, well, so I'm going to, Jeff, well, well, I'm going to give you the floor. Let me just say, Sunshine is just, I mean, feel free to say whatever you want. I mean, it's a movie I love deeply. And I she's love ama- Sunshine. And she's amazing in it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. Your floor is yours. Take it away, please. Um, I think, I mean, I don't have too much to say about it. I'm just saying that Sunshine was probably my first exposure to Michelle Yeoh in a different mode than like, Action hero, Shell, growing up. I mean, I'd seen the the two movies back at my uncle's house on a, but I didn't know who she was back then. Um, And I, uh, I only started filling in the blanks on Michelle Yeoh. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say recently, but probably around the same time as everyone else. Um, I was born in the United States, so um, I I probably had the same exposure. Like, Crouching Tiger was my first. Uh, movie with subtitles too just like a lot of people mm. here and sunshine was my first exposure to her in like a different mode she plays like the ship's botanist or biologist um, yeah. it's a very tender performance Ugh. and um i just love that movie and it's so weird too right it, i mean and F- jeff feel free to disagree with me it's so weird that what a great cast and that i would argue the two performances that are just like iconic performances is Michelle Yeoh and Chris Evans. I think Evans is incredible in that movie. And he even, he, Chris Evans gave that interview to Mike Ryan years ago, um, like pre Captain America, where he gave this like incredibly honest interview with Mike Ryan. I'm I'm trying to find it for the article where he literally goes like, if if people see sunshine, my career is completely different. And I remember when he said (laughs) that, I was like, that's true. I mean, he, he is, is the most, interesting he ever was up until that point on a camera and and you know he's surrounded by incre- you know cliff curtis right you know like uh you know obviously you know uh killian murphy you know in the lead role you know a bunch of others and and um and he's right and i think michelle yo yeah to your point i, I it's probably the exact same for me like i remember that movie blowing me away in college. That was like a movie I would just show people. Like if, if someone was <laughs> sure, like, yeah. like, oh, it's like a Saturday. You want to not go out and watch something? I'd be like, yo, yeah. Have you seen Sunshine? It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> and you know, like, you know, mixed reactions. I think some people loved it. Some people were like, why are you showing me this sci-fi movie that becomes an incredibly horrifying horror movie for 12 <laughs> minutes? And I'm like, well, because it's great. Because like um, a slasher. I love that part. <laughs> yeah, love it. yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I absolutely love it. Um, but so that comes out. It kind of, it's underseen as we talked about, but obviously has gained its own, you know, cult following, which is great. It's like uh, a top three Danny Boyle movie, probably. It's like maybe the best movie he's well, made. I, it's my, my <laughs> right? personal. Like, yeah, that in 28 days. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I go uh, Yeah, it's it's up there. And then so same year, around the same time, um, Asif uh, Kapadia directs her in the movie Far North. And she stars with uh, Michelle Krusik and Sean Bean. Um, it's just the three of them, basically. Um, I guess I'll do the quick synopsis of this. Um, pardon me. So they are Far North, and that's the whole movie. No, um... 
Um, so it's basically <laughs> this woman, Saiva, she's telling us about her cursed birth. You know, basically the her, her tribe's shaman was like, told her parents, you know, told the mother, get rid of this baby. She'll curse everybody she comes into contact with. And we're in like some Siberian type of a region, um, you know, an Arctic. And yeah, the year, you know. the year is also not, it's kind of, well, I think it felt it's, a it's meant, nebulous it's, to me. It's meant to be, I think it's meant to be like late, you know, I, I took it to be near what, 1950s. Right. He's, he's got the hand radio. Yeah. Right? The, so the, I the think radio that, was, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It made me think, but anyway, you sorry, know, so, keep so, going. And, and the, basically she has a companion who we take to be a friend or a daughter, you know, uh, whose name is Anja and they're just surviving right they they have sled dogs early on in the film she has to kill one of the dogs so they can have food um they're in the tundra they're making yurts they're surviving she comes across a wounded man right who looks like some sort of soldier and kind of decides to rescue him almost against her better judgment which obviously will end up being of course against her better judgment and this person is sean bean and then what kind of results is and what we're going to do spoilers for this but for for the immediate purposes what but what basically results from this is he becomes part of their you know the duo becomes a trio and a love triangle kind of ensues that complicates matters and that's that's the movie it becomes way more of a fable right way more of a like a, a know, campfire a story, story. Is, how, yeah. is how i would describe this movie like and it's based on a yeah i think you mentioned it's based on a short story I did not. It's a okay, but, but short story. Yeah. But, but, and it feels like that. And it, yeah, it just, it feels, and we'll get to why in a second. It feels like something you would tell around a campfire. Um, yeah, it has like, <laughs> it has, it's like, it has like a Flannery O'Connor ending. If Flannery O'Connor was like really into like, you know, Friday the 13th or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie. So it's interesting. You know, Asif uh, Kapadia is an interesting filmmaker. He's become more of a documentarian. Obviously he did made, he made Senna. Yeah, he made he made Amy mm -hmm. right, which are both kind of I would say you know modern documentary classics, right? You'd say I mean kind of certainly more than most documentaries, those films pierce through the culture, right? And you know uh, are 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 very well made. Um, his 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 feature films have not had as much success. He made Ali, he made Ali and Nino more recently. Uh, this film, a couple films before this. Um, they have had less kind of crossover success, I'd say. I mean, Jeff, what what was your kind of what are your far north thoughts? I suppose Michelle Yeoh and otherwise. Um, well, uh, Asif Kapadia, I think uh, Kapadia has uh, his movie Warrior has like a, the Warrior has like a cult following. I think I think a lot of people do like that movie. Um, oh, okay, but okay, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was telling connor offline like oh you guys uh you guys chose far north so <laughs> it's, it's gonna be that kind of podcast <laughs> um can't really talk about this movie without talking about its ending yeah but it's a very gorgeous looking movie um it's got like this meditative pacing to it that i i liked um just like this uh examination of like this inuit lifestyle um and it's very handsomely shot. I do like the way 
this movie looks. And it's um, only 89 minutes, too. We should say like it. Yeah. That, short that, movie. Yeah. That patience is actually kind of nice because it it feels a little bit like slow cinema at times, if you want to if you want to call it that. But but it's not, you know, languid, I guess. Um, yeah. 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 And, and Michelle Yeoh gets like to play another mode that you don't really see that that often with like this bubbling resentment underneath the surface, which I really liked watching. Well, yeah, what I, the thing I liked most about her performance and, 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 you know, as we approach kind of talking about the ending, I think the thing that makes the ending kind of make whatever sense it makes is I, she, I do like her playing the role of someone who, from the moment she was born was ostracized from every other human she ever met, except for this person that she, we learn rescued right so yeah. mm-hmm. she is literally she has literally no concept of like how you are meant to act with another person outside of you would imagine violent means right like survival right, right, right. you know hunter gatherer means so i do think her try doing her best and i think succeeding in some respects to tackle whatever that mindset would be is certainly incredibly interesting. And then, and just the idea of, you know, Anya, the the young woman, she has raised like a daughter, having more of a sense of community only because she has, save as a mother, right? Where, but it's not reciprocal in the same way, I think is an interesting, mm-hmm. there's interesting things happening there in the character development. And then, you know, you have the Sean Bean character being, just kind of a scoundrel, I guess, right? It's a good, it's Sean Bean it's is a, the perfect actor to play the role because you're kind of you're like carrying back. Is this carrying full baggage? Of shit? Yeah, you're carrying is he a baggage killer? Into it, I guess, yeah. yeah, he is a killer, but like, yeah. is he like, do, does he mean what he says? Is he, is he completely full of shit? Is he half, right? It's like yeah. very, it's, and Sean Bean, you know, like not unlike, you know, you know, a high, you know a blockbuster example it's the his character in the lord of the rings right it's like right that is a great you know this is a kind of an indie version of of that type of a character where it's like only so many actors can convey that type of complexity without doing much and i think that says more about like sean bean's face right than anything sure. I mean, he's just like an interesting mm. guy you know in terms of that so it's a great trio, and I think it, um, it reminded yeah. me. It evoked the same feelings, and not. I don't. I'm, I don't want to extrapolate on this too much because I don't want to spoil this movie. But it did remind me of like the uh, Skarsgård character in Barbarian a little bit, like that kind of thing. Where like the minute you see him on screen, you're like, okay, like, like where is this immediately suspicious? Yeah. You're just kind of like, all right, this, this is trouble. Right. And granted, like part, if you look, I I will, I do want to say it, I watched this movie on Tubi and the synopsis on Tubi is like just wrong. Like, it's just like, it's just like, (laughs) Oh, it's it's just like, it's literally like incorrect. Yeah, I think a lot of Tubi descriptions are. It's like off. it's like a cl- which, I, which part of the charm? Yeah, I well, I guess it's kind. Oh, totally. of It's it's not entirely wrong, but it I'm weirdly, just going to read it. But it weirdly spoils it. the movie, which is maybe that maybe this is a good segue. So if you do so, want to watch so, the movie, yeah, it's on Tubi. It's on so Tubi, here, but we're going to spoil is. it. Here it is. A couple's <laughs> 
A couple's mutual violent past and new life in an Arctic tundra is upturned when a wounded stranger's arrival ignites a romantic and bloody betrayal. So, no, I mean, but... But Connor, it's not though because she's not a stranger, right? I mean, well, right, exactly. It's like they're confusing who does what almost in the synopsis. That's yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah. like it's like there is a couple, and their thing is upended by a violent thing, uh, but by a different person who's not a stranger and uh, is in fact Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> so it's this just to get into it. Um, the Anja character and Sean Bean, they they form, uh, you know, a, a relatively, you know, I guess you, you're not really sure of the timeline. So seemingly fast romance, but they they form a romance and Michelle Yeoh is kind of witness to it the whole time. And there's bubbling resentment. And it's not necessarily in, the movie's not entirely clear on whether or not like there's an actual romantic tension there. It's more of like you get the idea that like. Michelle Yeoh is almost like, who is this interloper, right? This like person who's just coming in and fucking everything up, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think that's why the end of this, I think that lack of understanding of where her resentment is coming from is why the end of this movie feels so left field to me. Um, because what winds up happening is... They're waiting for Sean Bean and uh, Michelle Krusiech, I think is her name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who plays Anja. They are waiting for the sea to freeze over so that they can go and, and, and leave and go rejoin society, basically. And they have made their, you know, they've made their intentions known and they're waiting for that to happen. And on the night before they decide they're able to do that, um, Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> kills Anja and well she strangles her right? she she strangles her with her own hair yeah which is like which is it's, like this great little through line because this whole movie she's been like brushing her braiding hair, her hair like brushing her hair matronly thing for her to yes, do and, yeah, yeah. and in the end she strangles her with her own hair and um, then yeah she braids her hair to strangle her with it yeah yeah and then yeah. she proceeds to cut off her face yeah then <laughs> sean bean comes back and he sees anja laying down and he's like oh it's great yeah we can leave soon whatever and he starts making love to her and her face starts peeling off and he realizes very quickly that michelle yo has put on yeah. anja's face yeah. Uh, in a very Silence of the Lamb-esque <laughs> uh, esque move, which I'm going to say I think is rad as hell. When I was watching the movie, I was like, this is gnarly and I love it. But it is admittedly, it it feels like an ending from a completely different film. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Because I... that's basically it. He runs out of the out yeah. of the the yurt well it also begs the question he runs out of the yurt naked which i mean sean you gotta go yeah back, no he's sean. yeah yeah that's a it's a toughie like sean i know you don't want to face that woman but you got no clothes sean it's... you're in the arctic <laughs> you're gonna I, you're gonna die sean. i'd be curious to know what the conversations were or in loki a, in he a... says his name's loki yes yeah yeah i'd be i'd be curious to know what the conversations were in adapting this story right because right. It feels like the ending's a crucial part of it. You can't change that, right? But I weirdly feel like they don't 
they 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 kind of back into it sort of sloppily, which is to say the mm-hmm. th- the thing that struck me is I never really once and ma- and maybe this is, you know, I I think it's a rather good performance from Michelle Yeoh, but maybe maybe it actually is flawed because maybe this is just something that didn't come across. Obviously, part of that might be direction, too. But like I never once got the idea that she was like romantically interested in Sean Bean. They have one chased moment um before Anja like oh cuz she like, she gives him a peck on the cheek, right? I don't know if it's even a peck, but like it's like a moment of when like when he brings back the reindeer, yeah. No, 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 before that. It's 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 he's he's like coming to, he's like settling in and it's I think it's really before he even really knows that another woman exists, right? right. Which I think is kind of the point. It's like mm-hmm. you know if Andre was never there, he probably would have gone with Michelle Yeoh, right? That's I think, right, and I think right, right. Michelle Yeoh in that brief moment, I think we're meant to understand like that's enough, right? Because she hasn't really, obviously, had this encounter, right? In any, in we have a kind of a particularly grueling flashback in which she encounters these, you know, these kind of terrible soldiers, the Russian soldiers who. Um, kill her all oh, right and actually I, I misspoke because she did have a husband before right. so she did have love before so that is in the flashback but he is brutally killed along with the rest of the village which i think speaks to this early on she's talking about the curse and whatnot and so basically her whole village is wiped out by these this kind of this gaggle of terrible russian soldiers including her husband and you know or, or you know betrothed whatever and in the process um, there's a baby still living who she proceeds to save, who is obviously Anja. Um, and there's a rape scene, and and it's it's quite 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 disturbing. And um, so point being, there's all of this trauma, and then I think you know I suppose we're meant to that that informs her decision making in the back half of the film, you know after this kind of semi love triangle triangle is established but yeah it's a little jarring i mean certainly so i think you know i mean jeff what was your thought at the end there there's a very odd like dreamlike quality to the ending where you know she's wearing anja's face but right I've seen Midsummer. I know what that looks like. That's not <laughs> right. what like wearing yeah. someone's face looks like. Like it, it looks she like, actually it looks, looks like, like Anja. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It looks like she's like conscious and like yeah. she does not look like she's wearing someone's face. Right. Yeah. Um And good job, and then, Michelle. Like, Yo, peels off, off. That face. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> she's a pro, um, man. Yeah. Uh, so no, you're right. To there's a that. dreamlike yeah. quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a dreamlike. I had to. Ra- to I had to rack it back. If I'm being honest, because like. I, yeah, like I was watching and then I kind of wasn't entirely sure what I was watching. And then I was like, wait, is that what mm-hmm. just happened? Like I, I, oh, I, had sure, to, yeah. I had to kind of scrub through it again, but um, I don't know. I, I would kind of, I mean, it, the, I would it recommend is, to this Jeff's movie point, it's a beautiful it's, movie. Yeah. Like, I, I think this movie kind of is, is it works more than it doesn't. I would say like overall. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that it's 89 minutes, you know, the things that feel a little bit herky jerky about it tonally, I think are a little bit more forgivable. Cause again, it's a, yeah. it's a relatively breezy watch, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there's that thread missing where, um, 
you don't really get a sense of the romance before the end. Like, like the words love triangle, the only time, like, you ever think of that is, like, reading the synopsis on, like, I don't know, Letterboxd or Wikipedia right. or something. Yeah. Like yeah, it doesn't true. actually yeah. come up in yeah. the movie, right? Like, I don't, I didn't get that sense at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's literally, like, right, it's literally, like, in the moments before it happens, right? Right, We're right, like, right, right. Like, they're having sex and she's laying there next to them, right? So you're like, okay, all right, we're getting something here. You know, but is it just disdain or is it jealousy? That's how right? it's I like, read it's, it. I read it, it more of a coveting of Anja and her presence so that, you know, she wouldn't be yeah. alone, right? Like, that's how I kind mm-hmm. of was reading yeah. it for the whole movie, which I suppose is maybe the point, right? Like, it's leading you in that direction so that when she does kill Anja, you're like, oh, that is the last thing I thought was going to happen. You know, like, <laughs> I think maybe that's part of the tactic, possibly. And I do love how, like, it's a gamble has for that. sure. <laughs> Sean Bean has that one shitty line right before he lays down with, um, you know, Sa- Seva, you know, or Michelle Yeoh, who's who, who's pretending to be uh, <laughs> Anja. Um, he's like, oh, he's talking about Michelle Yeoh's character, assuming he's talking to Anja. And he's like, oh, she's very talented, referencing this thing she yeah. carved. And he's like, mm-hmm. it'll it'll sell for a lot when we go to town. And you're yeah, like, and you're like this guy's a he fucking sucks. piece of shit. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. you know, once again, you know, okay, that's not a nice thing to say, but also, like, how not nice is it, really? You right. know, what are we talking about here? <laughs> you know, and it's like, uh, you know, but then, hey, my guy gets his. He'll, he'll never be the same for the rest of his life. And probably he's dead. He's probably dead because he ran away with no clothes. Um into but the so far north <laughs> so that's so that i think that i think is in festivals in 07 and kind of comes out in 08 but doesn't really like i said earlier get a big release which i guess with the ending you can kind of it's not that surprising um <laughs> the next year one interesting thing i wanted to watch this movie she makes another movie with roger Spottiswood, not a well-reviewed movie the children of hunk sweet have you, you you seen that jeff by chance I have Robert. not actually. Okay, okay, and that's like an interesting ensemble movie with, she's with Chow Young Fat again, Jonathan Rhys Meyers, Rada Mitchell. Um, I'd always kind of meant to watch that. Uh, Spottiswood, I think, is kind of an underrated, uh, workman director. Mm-hmm. That same year, she's in Babylon AD, which is kind of the famous one. One day we'll do it on this podcast. Kind of the famous, um, I don't know if you guys know much about Babylon AD. It's 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 Maciej Kasovic, basically. And Vin Diesel, like, disagreeing on set and Fox taking the movie away from everybody movie. It's basically like a sci-fi. Oh, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, Yeah. it's a sci-fi epic starring Vin Diesel based on the the book Babylon Babies. Um, And it's there's, like, documentation. There's, like, actually, like, this, like, unauthorized documentary about like how much Vin Diesel hated Macho Kasovic and vice versa. And like Vin Diesel, like openly trying to like take the movie away from him on set and to like direct sequences and like kind of insane. And the movie basically <laughs> kind of gets dumped and recut and cut down to like a hundred, you know, 90 minutes to hundred minutes, whatever. And, you know, becomes a big flop. Michelle Yeoh is like one of the leads. Um, so it's an interesting moment um, only in just that, you know, it kind of has to be seen to be believed. You know, it's kind of like a half of a movie movie. Um, you know, so I guess, you know, in terms of releases, not a great year for Michelle in, in the sense of, you know, the other movie is The Mummy, 
Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, which Tomb might fi- it might finally get its day this year. It might finally she, get its if day. If she and Brendan get the Oscar, if her and Brendan win, it'll be the, <laughs> it'll be Mummy Three reappraisal time. Um, but that's Jet Li's obviously. Uh, I believe he's the Dragon Emperor. He is, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. And um, you know, Rob Cohen, famously not great person, directed that one, and um, and Maria Bello plays the Rachel Vice role. So there's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> I think there's you know, a all- scene from yeah. that. There's a scene from that movie that goes viral on Twitter like every one or two years. It's that horrendously edited fight between Michelle Yeoh and Jet Li on like yep. the sand dunes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got like 200 cuts when you have both Michelle Yeoh and Jet Li, which is something very, very hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I always, um, I will just say this. Unforgivable always, amounts of There cu- is the, the one scene in the movie, because we, we did Jet Li at like the top of the pandemic a couple years ago. It's like, well, I think our first okay, okay. pandemic. Yeah. And I, and, and I, so I, we didn't it's cover like Kiss the, of the we, Dragon. Yeah, we didn't cover this movie, but we, I watched it for whatever, for context. And I will say there is the one rickshaw chase scene in the movie that actually is like a pretty good scene. And other than that, the movie doesn't really have much. Well, you know, and not to, not to, not to, not to belabor this, this mummy three point, but, but funnily enough with the stunts of it all, you know, this is the movie where Brendan Fraser talks about, you know, doing the stunts and being like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. My body's broken. Right. So I think yeah. it's interesting with the mummy where this is really the end in some respects of Brendan Fraser movie star. And also like Brendan Fraser cap cat, you know, capable action star. Right. Cause I think he kind of mm-hmm. had pushed his body to the limit, which is, you know, it's an unfortunate, you know, scenario. Um, you know, She's in a couple of movies in 2010. She she does a voice for Kung Fu Panda in 2011, and then that same year she works with Luke Besson, um, on on the movie The Lady, which I suppose you'd call controversial in some respects. Only in, I mean, it well, is yeah, we, it we, is we, now definitely. I we, think. Yeah, we yeah. we can get into it. Um, um, yeah, directed by Luke Besson, um, written by Rebecca Frain, uh, Michelle Yeoh, David Thewlis, um. Let's, I guess, Connor, Jeff, either one of you guys want to kind of give the quick, I mean, it's quick synopsis on this one. We can get into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, Connor, you got it. I can go, I can go through it real quick. So, um, it's a, it's a based on a true story about, uh, Aung San Sushi, who is the, she's a Nobel laureate or what goes on to become a Nobel laureate spoilers. Um, <laughs> but she, um, she basically is, is, is responsible for, for leading or helping to continue to lead because her father had a big hand in it too, but continued continuing to lead Burma into independence. Right. So it, it sort of gains its own independence, falls under the control of the military. And then she was sort of directly responsible for combating that military presence and enacting sort of the first democratic elections and all this stuff. Um, her husband is Michael Ayers played by David Thewlis, who he was a, a doctor and a professor of uh, like Tibetan studies and and all that. And they they were they both kind of worked together to kind of it, this was like a common goal of theirs to like see this happen. And because of the sort of nature of the geopolitics of it all, she basically goes to Burma, which becomes Myanmar, um, 
and is forced to kind of stay there to continue this mission because if she leaves, she's afraid they're not she's not gonna be able to get back in the country and continue to do all sort of the revolutionary work that she's doing. Um, so mm. while this is happening, Michael Aris is home with their two kids. Um, and as time goes on, you realize he, he gets diagnosed with cancer and all this stuff. And so it just becomes uh, the personal end of it becomes that struggle of her having to just be away from these people and, and, and them trying to kind of reckon with the, the sort of mission that she has chosen for herself. That's the basic construct. Well, and also the movie of, suggests and also has been thrust upon her because of her namesake. Right. Yes. Which is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause her father led, a similar a similar movement, movement yeah. and was assassinated for it when she was two years old yeah. in the late forties by a military leadership. Right. So it's a history repeating itself scenario. Um, and the, we should just note, historically speaking, this movie comes out in 2011. So she's basically in in under uh confinement house, house, arrest. house yeah. arrest for years. And then basically when that house arrest eases up this is after she's won the nobel prize which i believe happened in 1995 uh 95 or 96 it ultimately then eases up years later and um her party the national league for democracy uh winds up winning these elections she becomes sort of the de facto prime minister basically still has to do that job under house arrest um and then ultimately and i believe 2010 was when she finally was was freed from from confinement and there were all these yes. movements throughout the world to to get her out of confinement and 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 all this stuff and she was seen as this like um galvanizing figure in terms of just um in terms of both like you know an icon as a woman in politics global politics all that kind of stuff um a lot of people, you know, they would sort of reduce her to being like oh she's like the female Nelson Mandela kind of thing um and that's sort of the the and she mentions the character mentions it in the movie but that's sort of the cult of personality that gets developed around her um and even by the time this movie comes out which is only a year after uh, her release her initial release happens right so this movie comes out in 2011 what i think is kind of fascinating about this movie is it tells half of the story <laughs> um which, <laughs> which is which is sort of interesting because relatively quickly in kind of starting in 2012 and then it snowballs, but uh, people start to take Myanmar to task for the atrocities that its military was committing on uh, the Muslim population and basically, you know, uh, accusing them rightly of, of ethnic cleansing. Right. And so in real life, um, Aung San Suu Kyi, basically became kind of dismissive of those claims and has since become a pretty controversial figure on top of the fact that the military wound up taking back over Myanmar and leveling charges against her and putting her back in prison. She is currently uh, in prison now. As yeah, we I mean, as, serving as we record this. a long, you know, they keep extending. Yeah, her it's like a compounded sentence, sentence right. kind, kind of situation. So and this it, is only in the last few years that's happened. It's yeah. interesting because this so this movie, I mean, I basically ran through the whole plot of the movie pretty much because that's like what the movie depicts. But it basically cuts off at her um, release at her initial release in like 09, 2010. And I just think it's kind of funny because I think the more interesting version of this movie probably has that happen halfway through. And then you get the little bit of like, 
you know, examination of what a person becomes when they become a political figure in power and how they have how they well, yeah when she dis- actually has to become a politician yeah when right, that, like, yeah when you have right. to kind of when that power maybe you know corrupts a little yeah. bit and you have to navigate things um and soft shoe things and and the cri- i mean and the criticism no that fault comes- of the movie no 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 it's no it's no, no fault, fault of the movie, movie it's a, right yeah, yeah not, no it's, it's just not, the timing aspect right it, no you can't do anything uh, about yeah, it exactly yeah, no, no. It, it's yeah. I, I think yeah, this yeah. movie's a pretty it's a pretty straightforward biopic in 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 that regard. I think it's relatively well put together in terms of like I think Basson shoots it okay. You know, there's some definitely like interesting choices that are made. Um, there, the, the Dan you mentioned her her father getting killed. The movie opens with that, and there's a visual motif that recurs a few times where when he gets killed in the beginning, he like shuts his eyes and he's like waiting for the gunshot right, and then it happens. And then there are a few times in the movie where whenever she's threatened with violence, they like mirror that shot again. Right. So you're like waiting for like, oh, like, is this going to be the moment that someone finally decides to pull the trigger? Um, I think I think Yo is pretty good in this movie. I think the sneaky MVP is uh, David Thewlis. I think he kind of gets like a little bit more to do honestly than she does because she just i think this is like yeah this is kind of like the david Dulles show yeah yeah um, a little bit because he's the one with the at least more like well and i was saying to connor jeff i don't know if you've seen seven years in tibet but what's funny Mm -hmm. is in that movie thulis it's the similar like thulis steals the scenes he's in like (laughs) from brad pitt now granted sure sure yeah michelle yo i think is doing a bit more successfully than brad pitt was in seven years of the bat though i do think i I will defend uh uh, some of that film but whatever point is it's just a little funny that like thulis for a second time is like the white guy with like the you know this like eastern movie where he's like no i'll be that i'll I'll take that more interesting role thank you very much it's kind of (laughs) some funny uh, you even occurs. get uh, you even get double double yeah technically because I you get double through this yeah. I I love that they yeah. I, I mean I guess I don't know maybe it's one of those you just had to be there kind of things or whatever they sort of take for granted that they're like yeah he's got a twin brother and so you're just like the minute you see double through this you're like uh, oh okay yeah I guess he's got a twin yeah. <laughs> brother like okay um but no I think he's pretty good and I again I think she kind of has the unenviable role in that she is meant to just kind of be it's a this, saintly role yeah right. and so there yeah. isn't yeah. really you know there, i think there are a couple lovely scenes that she has where um you know when she's listening on the radio to them presenting her nobel prize in oslo right and they start playing uh canon and d is like a reoccurring piece of music because she plays it on the piano a few times and they start playing it at the uh Nobel prize ceremony and so she sits in her home in burma and like plays it on the piano right and she like there's like you know she starts like crying while she's doing it like so she gets a couple moments that are really nice and i think do speak to that like when you know anytime she does a role that gets to like poke a couple cracks in her like stoicism um, yeah, I think she's a very effective performer. So like th- there are definitely parts like that. I just think Thulis gets just like the more, I don't know, the more fun part of the movie, I think, for an actor. Um, yeah. And and going back to like what we were saying before, I really do think this movie suffers from um, it's like a casualty of its timing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like uh, 
it's straight up like hagiography for oh yeah uh, for this person and like um, also I think Luke Basson is kind of a weird choice for oh, this movie. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he has well, the patience think... or the dexterity to, yeah. to yeah. pull off a biopic of this. Uh, it nature, certainly feels but... different for. Him. I'd be curious to know, like, did because I know I do know that this well, was yo, like a, I mean, this was a passion wanted, project. I was gonna say, yeah, of yo, yo wanted yeah, to make yeah. it for yeah. a long time, yeah. right? So, so I think you know, obviously, uh, is, she, is she still banned from Myanmar? What she like? I think she tried to. I enter think she ultimately. Rangoon, did, I think she. Right? Ult- I think she ultimately has met Aung San Suu Kyi. Okay, I think she because but I know Yo that she herself was. was ostracized, you know, from the country by the military for this film, right? I mean, the, you know, this right, right, got right. the attention you would imagine it would get. And just just to clarify, you know, Burma has been called Myanmar in some capacity since 1989. So um, that that like kind of complicated name change has been happening kind of ever since she first went to Rangoon and got involved in what became this kind of ongoing revolution and and yeah just to be clear like there was literally a military coup in myanmar a few like a, yeah, know, a few years yeah. ago right i mean so this is like we're talking about it's like a very much ripped it, from the headlines story that continues as we to be ripped, record to be right? ripped so, from the headlines and so, I guess. Mm-hmm. so that's 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 to our larger point arguably more interesting than the movie itself which is to say yeah when you're canonizing somebody in a biography right which is kind of what they're doing who's still alive too like that's it's just not that interesting Mm -hmm. i mean look it's just not that interesting right i mean i just think that's kind of what you're running into is like yeah look you're you know look the nelson mandela movies you know suffer the same problem right i mean i you know i mean very frankly right i think it's like yeah like it's hard to make a movie about this these you know these people who are perceived to be great and only great right and yeah. so i think mm-hmm. it's a mistake but but i mean but how could anybody know you know what i mean it's, i think it's that's hard. the other thing like, well, not, I, mean, yeah. I mean and i'm not yeah. even talking about i mean yes what happened after makes it even worse but i think even if she remained in some uncomplicated great person yeah it would remain relatively uninteresting you know what i'm saying like because i think and to your point connor earlier right the lady too would probably be more interesting <laughs> right, right? right. No, you know i guess that's you know. the thing like that and again not to reduce yeah. like very serious geopolitics to this no but, no but, it, but, but, but but it's not but reductive. as it stands at it yeah. as a narrative yeah. I think the full version of the story is far more interesting because it's just like it's almost like a mm-hmm. like a tar esque kind of thing, right? Where you're like you, I, I like that's the way you would almost structure it, right? Like it would you would just be watching this sort of like a rise and a fall, yeah, thing. like a canonization and then sort of a slight, a, a seeming, you know, a corruption and then unraveling of a of a person to a degree, right? And 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 all the complicated things that, that go I mean, along look, Man- with that. Man- look, Mandela dealt with some of this himself once he was in power, right? Which is like, things get more complicated, right? I mean, that's not news to anybody, right? It's like, but you know, once someone's, once you've gotten into a position where someone's like, all right, so what are we going to do? You know right? what I would compare, you know what becomes, I would compare it to? Actually, you know. the, I think the closest comp for, in terms of a movie would be is Hotel Rwanda. Well, yeah, but 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 Recessa Bagina, right? That's what I'm saying. It, it, after like, the movie, after came, the movie out, came out, it was like, wait a minute. So we were so so Jeff. <laughs> so 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 funny enough. Me and Connor went to the same college. We were 
he spoke at our college. Were you, Connor, you were at yeah, this, Yeah, it was right? a screening of, they did like a screening of the movie. He was like a distinguished spoke, speaker yeah. at our college. They, this is like what year? 09 or something? Right? Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. They screen the movie. 09. He does a speaking engagement. Yeah. And like in the Q&A, like, I think a college student, somebody like calls him on all of the a college student the, who was like, no, no, stuff. no, like my like, family was there and you're a liar. Like, it was you're like a, liar. a very, like you didn't say, you <laughs> say you did this. And yeah. It and was like, we're such a beginner, like, you know, it was in Buffalo, New York. Right. Like, you're just like, <laughs> I was going to go get Duff's wings. Uh, sorry. I lied about, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting comparison. Connor, it's not exactly Rwanda. the same, yeah. but it, I, that's like, that's just right. the, no, but that's a good. It's the closest. Yeah, comp that's an interesting it's the thing comp. where the the second act, real life part of it, you're like, oh, this is. And way weirdly, Rosessa Bagina also got rearrested. Oh, did he? So he he came. Well, back. somebody write it then. Somebody. He was it. on a plane and it got diverted, um, and back to Ghana, and he and he, I believe, I don't, I, I, I would have to look up to see what the current status but is, I, but that was also a recent wanna, development. Yeah. I did want to go back to your point, Jeff, because you make a, a great point about Bassan just. Not probably not being the right person for it, um, mm -hmm. and that's tr I think that's a hundred percent true. I do think he's he seems like he's maybe trying to like do a thing that he hasn't done before. Um, I mean, I know he made the weirdly. I feel like the closest movie he had made to something like this, I would say, would be like The Messenger, <laughs> right? Like his yeah. Joan of Arc movie, kind of. Um, but which is obviously like extremely stylized. Um, yeah. And but yeah, I, I don't know if. Uh, yeah, he just I don't know. He he just doesn't have, I think, like the the to your point, the patience or the nuance as a filmmaker to like ma make sure. her make her a more interesting figure cinematically. Yeah, I think Michelle Yeoh is innocent in this. Um, Agreed. She gets all yeah, the melodramatic oh, well, yeah. beats very well. Yeah. Um, as well as she can. Um, I just think it's a bad idea to make biopics of still living people like this yeah. whole time we've been talking about just like you know the story's not a complete and like who knows what can happen in the future and like you know i just think it's a bad call to do something like that um you know but it's funny i've not really given that much thought but you're you're actually of course yeah you're right like uh, you know of course yeah. that's right right now that you say it of course at the very, yeah, at the to, very least, let point, the person retire, you know, like, right. yeah. <laughs> like, let the person, like, you know, I, I guess the Mandela stuff is a little different because, like, he's so much older and what and has seemingly lived m most of his life or whatever. So I suppose that's different. Right. But, like, yeah, it's, it's a good point. And now I'm, like, actively trying to think of, like, what's a good one, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> what's a good biopic? in which the the person is still around and i can't immediately think of one um, i mean honestly you could stop at what's a good i mean we all what's go a good to biopic is as, 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 well, as a small list I mean, too if we're being honest we all you know we i know we all as a group when we think about the idyllic biopic we all go to beyond the sea directed by kevin spacey sorry <laughs> kevin spacey about bobby Dare. that's what we all think i mean that's of course every person in the world when you think of a biopic, you're like, oh, yeah, Beyond the Sea, directed by Kevin Spacey, yeah. starring Kevin Spacey about Bobby Darren. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, of course, we all agree, Masterpiece. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> I guess walk. The social network, maybe? Sure. The social network. Actually, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I'll do that. that. But once again, 
uh, the social network too. Uh, the world is maybe going to end because of me. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, is interesting too. You know, right? Um, but the social network only works because it's like a small sliver of time, right? Like, that's it's true. Not like yeah, that's a good whole biography. Spanning. Was Johnny Cash was just he was barely alive when I, Walk the I Line think, came out. I thought he had yeah. just. Or he, he had just passed, maybe. He he might have been like alive when they were making it and then died before like it during came out. Filming. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, because they I had because they um... had to replace him with Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, right? That was the whole thing. Oh yeah, because because it was gonna be <laughs> Johnny like, Cash. Yeah, he they... was gonna be like it was gonna be like the Jackie Robinson story where he was gonna play himself. Yeah. Um <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't so Jackie Robinson made a movie called The Jackie Robinson Story, and he played himself. Just FYI. It's that's a movie was that Michelle Yeoh in that movie? Michelle Yeoh is not in that film. Oh, all right. So the lady, so the lady does not perform particularly well. I think a lot of people's reactions are similar to ours, which is to say, kind of like, okay, respect, you know, respectable, not quite that interesting, right? Thanks, but no thanks. It, you know, is more or less the reaction, right, uh, of this film. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, Michelle Yeoh definitely innocent. I think certainly. Um, you know, she herself quoted calling it a labor of love. And, you know, from there we have, <clears throat> you know, look, we're, we're, we're running into her becoming kind of, you know, living legend, you know, kind of one of these actresses who now has, is, you know, rightfully become this, you know, one of the great ones who's still making it right. And I think, yeah. We're approaching that elder, part of her elder career. statesman kind of elder statesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our next movie is her next movie, Final Recipe. You know, quickly, right? She's in the Crouching Tiger sequel. I suppose the less said, the better. She's in Mechanic Resurrection with Jason Statham, kind of an underrated action movie. Uh, Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians, of course, comes up a lot. She's great in that. Last Christmas, very funny in that movie actually i'll say like she is funny of, in that movie of her being the best part you know I, I i have a soft spot for that movie just in the rom-com sense of it but she's certainly a highlight um i'm in that film i also and, did um, last night i did watch uh master z the Ip Man yeah i Legacy, started that as well yeah um which she is also the best part of she's got like one really good fight scene in it um, yeah Ip Man spinoff yeah master z um Gunpowder Milkshake, I, I was not a fan of. I will say that. Um, Shang-Chi, obviously, she's very good in. Also, the elder statesman role that, like, just kind of, like, popping mm-hmm. up until it'd be like, hey, she's here because you know her. Like, yeah. yeah. And um, and currently, look, currently filming, you know, the the Kenneth Branagh, the next Kenneth Branagh uh, Hercule Poirot movie, which, look, I think it's oh, only right. me and Connor who's excited for yeah, that, we're but the, whatever. We're the two. We're the two, we're the two who, excited who, for it, like so get out of movies. our way. <laughs> Um, a haunting in Venice. Anyway, our last movie, Final Recipe. It's a comedy, people. All right, it's a comedy. <laughs> it's a little broad. All right, Gina Kim directed, George Hong, uh, screenplay by. You got Michelle Yeoh, you got Henry Law, uh, you got Chin Han, too, and it's a uh, it's a cooking show comedy with a little bit of family, uh, with a little bit of family drama in it. Um, uh, I guess I'll do the quick. Two, you know, sentence. Uh, the Singaporean restaurant is going to go out of business, and the grandson of the owner um, is determined. Who's Mark? Is determined to keep it. The grandson's Mark is determined to keep it open. So he 
in a stroke of kind of coincidence, right, uh, lies his way into a cooking show, a cooking competition show, like a fi- like a Top Chef type. Yeah, thing, Michelle Yeoh yeah. is the mm-hmm. you know is is one of the judges, and and like the showrunner. It's one of those funny things where like when they simplify things like me and Connor work in this world and yeah, I always like think it's three, funny you know, where you it's know like, that, you know, that's we at know least Michelle three different people, right? She also produces it and does like, no, 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 nobody does all those things. That's insane. Um, but, um, but you know, but you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta economize. I get it. Um, and, and yeah, basically he's this grandson, uh, Henry Law Mark is, you know, has these amazing right cooking abilities from his grandfather and from his father, who he's told is a businessman who had left, but that's kind of an open-ended thing that I suppose we can spoil this movie because that it, it, it kind of becomes knowledge. <laughs> this movie's through. twist is very heavily telegraphed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was trying to figure out if it was supposed to be a twist or if it was just a narr- like a more almost of an, right. Yeah, yeah, more of like an omniscient narrative yeah. where you're like, no, it's, we're supposed yeah. to know, and then we're just the joy is in waiting to see how all these things come together, right? Like kind of so this, yeah, yeah. So this famous chef right chin han right who you know you would maybe know i feel like i would know him most would know him i guess in the western you know in the states as as the the money guy from the dark knight remember that whole yeah that whole sequence yeah that's Um, like what he would be most immediately sure and um and he's this like famous chef who it turns out is the father of mark right and the grandfather's kind of been lying to mark this whole time and coincidentally, or I suppose not so coincidentally, um, this chef who's kind of with Michelle Yeoh is one of the producers on the show and ends up making an appearance. And a sh- you know, showdown between father and son commences. You know, bridges are mended and rebuilt. You know, uh, you know, relationships rekindled. It's sort of almost like a like format wise and even just general vibe. I kept thinking of Slumdog Millionaire. Like it's kind I, of there's got a lot like, of movies, you know, Slumdog co- comes up strictly ballroom is someone you sure. can mention. Right. Full Monty. Right. It's kind of got that like, you know, Josh Hartnett made a movie called Blow Dry, which is kind of a, like like, you know, competition movies in which you insert fam- familial drama. Yeah. And, sure. You know, generations long, um, you know, uh, turmoil. Strife, or, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. within. Well, and on this day, they will all compete, right? Yeah. It's like, and so the, there's a subgenre of these, yeah. This, this is 2013, right? Yeah. It almost feels like a proto Netflix movie. Sure. Kind of. Sure. And not entirely. Maybe a not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Um, and there's some very weird production decisions that they made here that um, I only noticed because. You sent me. Um, yeah, it's not a an link easy, to the movie. We, yeah, we should say it's not. We I had we I had to find a rip of it to be clear because it's not so, an easy. It's not an easy movie to find. So yeah, sorry. Continue. And you you sent it to me, and yeah. it's dubbed in Mandarin. Yes, correct. Um, yeah. And I am. Um, one of my things is that I can't watch dubs, so I was mm. like, all right, I got to find another. Uh, I just can't deal with like the mismatched lips and the words. Sure. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just can't oh, yeah. do it. Totally fair. Um, 
subs, not dubs, right? And, yeah, of course. <laughs> you got to do it. Uh, so yeah. I was like, all right, I got to find like the actual language that they're speaking. And um, when I found it, I was shocked to see that it was actually in English. Yeah. So this is like a Singaporean production. And they're like, yeah. you know what? We should shoot in English so we can market it better to like the Western audiences. And um, I feel like that's a very bad decision i think a lot of the dialogue comes off as stilted um especially like the grandparents um and i know henry lau speaks english just fine but right. uh i don't think he's a particularly good actor i mean he's like a music superstar now um yeah but yeah the two best parts in this movie are for sure michelle yo and chin han yeah, I almost I, mean, I kind of wish the movie was like more about them. You get this one because basically Michelle Yeoh, she's, you know, they're I, you know, I don't know. You don't know if they're like married or whatever, but they're together. Yeah, uh, she, they're together. she and Chin Han and they kind of started this whole show together. Right. And so you get a nice. Well, she like discovered. Him. Yeah, yeah. You get a nice flashback where right. you, she discovers Chin Han in his father's kitchen and like he's cooking for Mark. It's actually a night. It's probably one of the nicer scenes in the movie. Actually. It's one of the best scenes uh, um, in the movie. It's yeah. like her, like I want to say it's like her but, Anton but, ego moment <laughs> where she yeah, flashes yeah. back. Yeah. Cause yeah. she, cause she eats Mark's cooking yeah, on the it's show. It's very ratatouille. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's but very it's so, ratatouille. But this movie does a thing that is so like, so we're meant to understand that none of these people recognize each other. Right. Which I just yeah. think the kid is too old for that to be applicable. Like mm. I have two young boys, and like, like hell if I me too, know so. them. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you're gonna tell me yeah. I wouldn't know my two year old son when he was fifteen? Fuck off! Like, there's yeah, no way. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so I think I think like you know, and he's way older than two, right? He's like five, right, or something. So I think that fundamentally is just a tough is a tough bridge to, you know, uh, you know, a, a tough gap to leap over. You know what I mean? The but one rug anyway. that they try to pull in that regard is when you realize where it all went wrong and like anything with any of these movies, it's one of those things of like, it's all, it's like a, it's like an, a miscommunication that then just turns sure. into, right. But the thing yeah. is the grandfather, right. There's this terrible accident at the restaurant, right. You realize this is like, this was the, uh, the inflection point, right. For the family. Yeah. Inciting incident. Yeah. Um, thank you. And this, this grandpa is like hilariously toxic, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is a monster. <laughs> like what he what well, you really, you're like, saying. What's funny, Jeff, you're saying a Netflix movie, which you're right about or like 1993. Right. Like we're talking about we're talking about like the full Monty. Right. Strictly ballroom, which are like they're fine, lovely movies. But like that thing of like. Those types of weird manipulation politics playing way better. Yeah. You know, like the Mrs. Doubtfire thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, 94, we were all yeah. loving this because shit. We, and then you're like, you know, because you years realize later, the like, grandfather, <laughs> right? The grandfather has kept all this from Mark, but yeah. he's also kept it from Chin Han's character because he has the, what he says over the phone, the miscommunication, he's like, he's dead. Like, your son yeah. is dead, right? Now, where I get a little tripped up is like, okay. This is this is where a lot of people come off bad because it's like Chin Han's not there. He gets the message ultimately that his son is dead. You're telling me like what was the funeral? 
Like, what did they do? Like, what? How did that play? Yeah, out? he's just like, like oh, I guess if he's he, dead now. Bye. If he, yeah. and, and, and again, not that I need the movie to give me like ten minutes of explaining how the grandfather like faked his grandson's death or anything. It's just, it, but it would be kind of interesting. No, well, it's just one of those. I mean, things it would of be like, kind of interesting. It's just one of those things of yeah, like you're just kind of like, wait, but how did this? How did you actually all not realize? Yeah, I'm like, not. I'm not like a nitpicker of plot holes and stuff, no. but like, no, me neither. And this I is think, like a big, yeah, like, come on now. And, right? and I think, I think it's tough because it's, it, I, I think this movie admittedly does work on a very superficial level, right? It's like they clear, I'll say this. It's well, the one thing they did really strangely to me is like the photography in this movie treats every shot as if it's food which is interesting yeah. like yeah that's a, that's a really good like, note everything's yeah. like really mm, saturated yeah, yeah. really but like very hyper focused yeah and like but and like aesthetically not displeasing to look at but it's just weird right well it's also and like, the like shots, for example but the michelle yo you're like oh that does like, look amazing it looks great, like, but yeah. like michelle yeah. yo looks stunning in this movie yes. right like it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's certainly like yeah. It looks you know, like a, you, it looks like a a slightly better and maybe back to the Netflix thing of it. It looks like a slightly better version of like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Like the my only mm-hmm. thing is, you know, it's very treated and even yeah. the food stuff uh, maybe to, like like those chili, you know, look, that chili paste is Look, when you red. Make, obviously like, this isn't this isn't <laughs> new news to probably most people who listen to this. But you know, when you shoot a movie, obviously one of the parts of the process is you take it into color after you're done filming it and editing it and you literally bring it to a machine with an artist and they literally right perfect the color right in each frame right so i think yeah it's like the, the grading right yeah. yeah the grading yeah color grading is yeah another another phrase for it so i think you know yes th- they are making some i would say uh, you know obtuse color grading decisions in this movie you know which i think given that it's about food i i get it yeah but i think to the larger point perhaps right the the scenes of people of of people at dinner chatting after they've eaten their meal did not have to look well that's why like I the think chilies the right scene, i think the that's scene that where we you were run just, into problems the scene yeah. that we were just talking about where julia meets david for the first time and she discovers him in the kitchen and he's making the birthday dinner for mark there's a motif where David Chinhan would make would let his son Mark on Mark's birthday on Mark's yeah. birthday dictate yeah. what was cooked right and this thing though is that they both have like a perfect palate so weirdly the things that Mark would want to taste or concoct like would wind up being delicious right and uh, that's where like Dan mentioned that's where she discovers him right and that scene I think is looks lovely and granted they treat it a certain way it's like a little dirtier. Yeah, um, it's a little. There's a little sepia tone to it because right? it's, it's meant like, to be a flashback. But I almost kind of, yeah. I almost kind of was like, oh, I wish like more of the movie looked like this. And then the shots yeah, of the yeah, cooking yeah. and the food is the shit that looks great. Because when you see that stuff, you're like, it looks like it looks like chef's table inserts. You know what I mean? Like it looks like very mm-hmm. well produced, beautiful looking the com- food. The comedy within the show, in at t- it's very broad, obviously. Yeah. but it does it does work a little bit right you got a little bobby lee in there right like yeah. you got like some of that kind of contentious you know competition collaboration stuff it plays okay but i think yeah ultimately kind of you know this is a very broad piece of work i think michelle yo you know she's very supporting in this you know i think she looks great i think she is you know 
like we're saying for a lot of her films is such an anchor kind of for the whole thing. I mean, look, crazy rich Asians is another kind of, she's kind of the, the villain, if you want to call her right. that in that film, but really anchors that whole film in kind of, you know, tradition, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the opposite of, tra- you know, like w- the regret that I comes mean, she with She kind of represents that film's central conflict, right? Like that's, she's the, right. And yeah. I think, that's a great, you know, if this is maybe not a great example, that's maybe a way better example of kind of, you know, her put into this kind of broad blockbuster machine where she's really like, really like grabbing that thing, you know, locking it in place and be like, no, no, no. Like this me this still means, you know, I know we're all, you know, we're all laughing at Aquafina. We're all laughing at, you know, Henry, you know, Henry Golding's really attractive, but also it's about something, right? It's like, and that's really, Yo is doing a lot of that work in that movie. And I think she's doing a little bit of that work in this movie, maybe to a less, you know, you know, less successfully, let's say. Um, yeah, I mean, she sense. she gets like the big emotional moments in this movie, like in the yeah. beginning, like I said, with that Anton Ego moment where like, in the end, she has to go and get Mark back because she's, he's so mad that like his dad abandoned him and like he figured everything out. Um, and she goes to like try to convince him to come back on the show. Um, and Mark I mean, is getting all the rainwater in his delicious food. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seems yeah. like in the rain, he's like letting the pouring rain just get in his food. I'm like, well, who's he eating that? Cook, dude, he had to cook the final <laughs> recipe, dude. So I'm just going to come out. This movie is kind of a stinker, but it kind of got me in the end. No, I agree. Um, I agree. I think like, you know, Dan, you have two young boys. I have two young boys. As like a dad, I think they're just movies that like hit you. Oh, dude. Or oh, dude, you yeah. feel I it mean, right? Like yo, something like you this, give me a that, father that worked for me. <laughs> I have two my. young boys here now. I don't even know who they are. They're just here. They live in my apartment. Um, they're just here. They're yeah. Just here. Just no, here. Um, that's one of my favorite. One of my absolute favorite Oscar host jokes ever. Because I'm one of those weird people who like will rewatch like Oscar host openings. Because I'm such a fucking loser. Is um, <laughs> Steve Martin? Steve Martin, one of his great openings. He's like. He's like, you know, the movies are getting too violent. I took I took a kid to see Gladiator and he cried the whole time. Now, he didn't know who I was, so that might have been part of the reason why. I took it. <laughs> but um but no, my wife always makes fun of me lovingly because if I ever like am, you know, weeping at a film or you know whatever reacting to a film or i'll tell i'll tell her about oh i watched this film it really got me she'll always be like was there a father and a son plot in it i'm like yes <laughs> there was okay was it all right sue me was I it cats it. in right. the cradle was that <laughs> yeah, like, was harry chapin playing yes yeah. okay fine yeah. but um <laughs> but no yeah i i think we're all in agreement it's certainly you know you know not a we'll not we'll in in reference to our the day we're recording, it it will not make the sight and sound list right. in any of the near <laughs> right. decades. But I do think but, it has uh, its has its superficial ple- pleasures. Yes. I would say, yes. yeah, yes, yes. Um, no, I I agree. Yeah. Um, it glosses over a lot of things, like Mark steals some Russian guy's identity. They never go back to that. And yeah, like, what happened like, to Dimitri? Okay, so yeah, so the detective, <laughs> Dimitri. Yeah, right, yeah, we skipped over I that. I so, so badly Mark, wanted Mark, a cut to like Siberia <laughs> where some dude is just like, wait a minute, that's that's me. Honestly, I'm maybe that's, that, that's my name. That would have maybe, <laughs> yeah. that would have maybe helped the movie a little bit. Like, little cutaways like that just to be like 
Dimitri is Dimitri here? And then it just like cuts to some dude who's like like drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, whatever. Or like doesn't make his plane or whatever. And then he's like, I'm Dimitri. Right. Um, yeah, we didn't mention that. I mean, he he does all of this under the auspices of his name being Dmitry Bekmambetov, uh, yeah. which, you know, OK. Um, but um, <laughs> 2022, Connor, get with it. Right. <laughs> People can have whatever. It's, names. Uh, it's 2013, technically, according to the movie. Oh, true. No. Sorry. Wow. You're right. But anyway, no, I, take, it, I take I take it all. Back. I, I think all in all, not a very good movie, but still kind of a nice one. Uh, I would sure, say. Nice. Um, certainly nice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but yeah, like you said, Dan. I mean, so that just you know, like you mentioned. Well, yeah, th- I would just say this, you know, as as we, you know, that's our our last film. I mean, uh, the, so the things about Michelle Yeoh just in general that kind of surprised me is she's basically made fifty movies, which is not 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 a lot of movies, but less than I actually thought, right? Because I think of her as this, you know, as I think many of us. Th- think of her as like a living icon right who's been around for you know four decades which is which is true i mean but i think these breaks one or two that were there you know you know between crouching tiger and tomorrow never dies between obviously her retiring the late 80s and then uh super cop you know you have this incredibly eclectic career that i think is too often kind of as we've been alluding to relegated regarded as kind of this action icons career where it's like that is true of course but as these four movies kind of have shown us even in a very simple way it seems like she's always trying to extend herself right it seems like most of the time she's trying to kind of expand i don't know like you know think about is thinking about something like sunshine you know which we mentioned right like Mm -hmm. that's such a more nuanced, you know, and different performance from anything she had done, you know, before that, a sci-fi film, you know, you know, like we said, botanist slash biologist, right. You know, like uh, in the, the most gentle performance in the film. Right. I think. Yeah. And, and I think the point is there's 10 other examples outside of the movies we've highlighted that would showcase that, um, you yeah. know, even last Christmas, you know, like I mentioned being a recent one where, you know, um, another movie that won't make a sight and sound list, but she is such a luxurious uh, piece of comic relief in that movie um, mm-hmm. that I think, you know, whereas like the other pieces of comic relief, God bless her, Emma Thompson, not as strong though. We love Emma in that film. Michelle Yeoh really hits that out of the park. So I think that's mm-hmm. what I came away with, you know, um, is it's it's a surprisingly sparse career, which is an unfair word, but incredibly eclectic. Yeah. Yeah. I think Western audiences still kind of view her in these two modes. You yeah. have like mm-hmm. the action star and then, as you guys would call it, like the elder statesman roles in yeah. these movies. Um, but like as the B-sides you guys chose, like they show like a lot of different facets of michelle yo that a lot of people haven't seen and um i just wish that more people can you know discover her filmography and and find these different sides of her that i think are very fascinating and she's she's excellent in a lot of these so especially i mean you watch some of the earlier stuff and i know obviously this is still one of those modes but even 
Yeah, I know. Even watching Yes, Madam or or Super Cop 2 or whatever. Right. Like even some of the earlier stuff. I I love doing that kind of prep when we do certain episodes because there you have those like, of course, moments. You know, I mean, I felt I admittedly I felt this way watching the stunt woman where you're like, oh, of course, like, of course, this person right, right, right. It became a star in some capacity because it's just they, like you can just see it. Right. It just it's uh, it's it's so obvious. And yeah, I think um, I mean, usually we talk about what we would want to see next from her, you know. I think in a, in a nice way, she does seem like she's at a point where she can kind of do whatever she wants. You know, like there's this thing of, you know, I don't and she's spoken about this as she's made the rounds for everything everywhere that like, you know, she you know, she is very, you know, it's not that things aren't even necessarily offered. It's that she's very choosy about the things she decides to take on and and whatnot. And um, and I think that's good. I mean, I think like we said, there's the. There's the new Poirot movie that she's in. I think something like that is really nice for her, like just find herself in an ensemble of like a nice murder mystery type thing. Like I saw, you know, a couple days ago or whatever, you know, one of the prompts came up of who should be in the next Knives Out movie. And almost any, every response I saw listed yeah, her. Like right. Michelle like, Yeoh. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think and I think that, you know, I, I think uh, that speaks to I, you know, I, what I would love to see has there been has there been a Brana Ryan Johnson overlap cast member? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because, well, yeah, yes, actually, because Leslie Odom is in the or his Orient Express. Oh my God! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh um, my so, so Yo could do it. Wow, good Yo, call. Yo could do it too. How that's, did you just? That, of that's course, you're right. Of course, that's that's right there. Um, yeah, Leslie Odom is in the in Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, right, of course. All yeah. right. Um, no, but yeah. I, but point being, like, I don't know. Like, I haven't read a Haunting in Venice. I don't know who she would who's play. But like, me, I would love to see her be like an Eileen Brennan, Mrs. Peacock role on that. Like, give yeah, her right. give her just this insane, like eccentric. yeah, right. like I. And I think she the, one of the things you know you mentioned Jeff like her ability to be even in the things that aren't good the best thing about something right like. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm kind of more with Dan on everything everywhere. Like, I like that movie fine. I think it's got some problems, but I like would love for her to win that Oscar. Cause oh, I do, yeah. cause I, mean, I do no think I, I, yeah. I, I do not only for what that would mean, just obviously as like a thing for her career and honoring such a, whatever, a great body of work, but like, no, but it's also, a performance. No, it's, yeah. a, it's an amazing performance because it allows for mm. some of that eccentricity that's kind of bubbling under a stoic surface to sort of come out so i i would love to see her do more stuff like that stuff that really lets her like cut loose and uh and get a little wacky but anyway no hard, yeah. hard to disagree maybe we'll that, get I it think. in avatar three and four that's right she's in those <laughs> yeah she yeah, is in she's those. in she's in avatar three and four so excited we'll about that We'll see if we get. Well, I mean, maybe we'll only get three. We'll see if we get to. Uh, we'll see if we'll get to. How four. dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Did Did you guys ever uh, see the new Star Trek stuff with her? I in it? okay. Uh, you know, I was very intrigued. I sadly by, have not. I was very yeah. intrigued by it, and then a lot of the Star Trek fan friends that I have, who are like more fans than I am, all told me that it yeah. kind of is like not great Star Trek. So I did. What not. do you think, Jeff? Would you watch it? I have watched it, and I agree. I think it's not great Star Trek. But again, I think Michelle Yeoh is great in it. She plays, like, the dual roles. Like, she has her uh, 
Starfleet captain and then like the mirror universe counterpart. Um, and so she gets to play like compassionate captain and like this uh, evil, imperious, arrogant uh, tyrant, which is really cool too. Oh, uh, and they were going to do okay. a spinoff of the character, but I think they scrapped it. Um, oh, that's a which is a shame because I w- that's like the one thing I would wanted to see from like uh, was it Discovery right? Is that what's yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna pop on that pilot tonight. That's what I'm gonna do for sure. <laughs> yeah, Connor, it starts Connor's off actually, promising. Connor's actually gonna watch <laughs> the Orville instead. That's what he's gonna do. <laughs> I've watched. I've watched the I've heard Orville. Good things about the Orville. It's no, like, I know. So have actually, I. I'm, I'm totally. A, it's a pretty okay totally. Show. <laughs> I Seth MacFarlane. I'm sorry. I was just. It was an easy joke. I apologize. <laughs> God um, knows he has enough money he could he could send me you know across the world if he wanted to. Um, but yeah, I think look, this is it, to me these episodes are the most exciting to do just because you know you at least for you know someone like myself or I feel like Connor, you've probably seen more of her stuff than I had. It was just nice to kind of discover more of her work than I had you know, known previously. And so I think it's the great thing about the show is when we're able to do that and really feel like we're actually learning, you know, these facets of these really, really accomplished actors. So I think I'm always grateful for these types of episodes where I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I didn't even know that this was something she did. Right. And so I think I'm excited to watch more. I didn't even mention, I watched Magnificent Warriors, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. which she basically plays a spy by way of Indiana Jones, which is one of the last movies. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it briefly. One of the last movies she made before she retired in the late 80s. And she's great. And she has a whip. She's like very funny and charming. It's like very much kind of a, you know, a Harrison Ford adjacent type of thing, which came out obviously while those original Indiana Jones movies are still being made. You can kind of clearly see, you know, the reference point right from, uh, you know, what DMP was kind of grabbing from. And it works great. Uh, a really big fan of that movie. Um, big recommend. It's on Crackle, I think, right now. That's how I watched mm. it. Um, so definitely check that one out if you can. And um, and anyway, yeah. So just let's just as we're wrapping up, Jeff, remind people, Strange Harbors. Um, I, I as as we were talking, I was perusing a uh, a recent positive review of the Fablemans. Very cool. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of like dad movies that'll make you cry, which uh, I still haven't seen. <laughs> oh wait, oh Jeff, clicking on Black Adam. All right, did the hierarchy change? Let's see. Oh, a B, a B. <laughs> I liked Black Adam. I'm happy that you liked it. I haven't. I have yet to watch it. I'm excited to watch it now, Jeff. Good. It's a uh, dumb as a sack of rocks, but oh god, I, I it thoroughly enjoyed it. Now let me just quickly um, ask you. I just mentioned it. Does the hierarchy of the DC universe change. What what is your <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, Jeffrey. I'm kidding. Wrong uh, answer, I guess. Blasphemy. <laughs> if Dwayne yeah. hears that answer, there will be no more B side. No. Um, <laughs> no, but obviously Strange Harbors, as we as I just said, uh dot com. Read Jeff's work. He's out there doing his thing, doing it well. Um, is there anything specific? You want to plug while we have you here um, coming up or, or whatnot? No, just my website. Uh, I write movie reviews, TV reviews. I have my own podcast, the Strange Harbors podcast. Uh, we just talk about like new releases, um, under the radar gems, stuff like that. 
So yeah, give us a listen. And thanks for having me on. This was great. Love talking to Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Oh, wait, Jeff. So you talked about Black Adam on the Strange Harvest podcast. Oh, I'm going to listen to this yeah, shit good. tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am listening to Jeff talk about Black Adam. I don't know. 11 p.m. It's 10 p.m. right now. Watch, watch the space. There'll be a tweet tomorrow. Um, uh, yeah, no, Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. This was awesome. It was great to talk about, like we said, Michelle Yeoh. And, you know, kind of feel like we... I feel like we got a lot... Of, I feel like we really really grab the context i feel like we got a lot covered um and i obviously would encourage everybody to kind of dive as deep as you can with her films and connor as always oh i guess i'll say dj mac on twitter um a lot of year-end stuff coming for the film stage um um i did not vote in the sight and sound thing so it doesn't even matter no i'm kidding um but we have some colleagues who did actually there is like a film stage presence in that list which is cool um and connor i will toss it over to you for the final uh final go uh, goodbye sure uh you can find me on twitter or what's left of it uh at scruffy looking <laughs> you can find this podcast on twitter and facebook at tfsb side uh if you like what you've heard please rate review and subscribe wherever you are listening. Uh, it helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, and concerns, shoot us an email at bside, B-S-I-D-E, at thefilmstage.com. Uh, always, as always, a thank you to Adam Blotner for our mm. lovely theme music. We appreciate it very much. And uh, yeah, Jeff, thank you again for joining us. Um, and, you know, as, uh, as she said it herself, of all the places you could be, you just wanted to be here with us. So we appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is great. And now you're listening to the B-Side.